Hello, and welcome to Episode 1, Season 1 of Storytime for Weirdos. This episode is called Snatched. I remember being taken. I was on the swing in the front yard my dad had installed on the tree near the road. It was a hot morning in July. The horizon was already starting to waver and the air smelled like grass and cow poop. I didn't hear Jim over the fence. He grabbed me roughly from behind, the shock of it such that I didn't even gasp. I was over the fence with Bob's salty hand over my mouth before I thought to yell. When I did, it came out a muffled whimper, drowned out by the growl of the truck engine. I don't remember much of the drive to their house. They must have put tape over my mouth, because I remember them ripping it off once we were there. The truck cabin smelled like bread and Margot was driving. It was hot and Johnny Cash was on the radio. Their house was a small ramshackle ranch with a carport in front. There were two bedrooms and a bathroom to the left as we came in the front door. To the right was a kitchen. The living room featured a couch with its back to the kitchen and a TV sat next to a small wood-burning stove. The window in the back door looked out on a fenced yard where a large dog lay in the shade of a locust tree. They sat me on the couch and tore the duct tape off my mouth. Now you're going to be quiet and good, Bob said to me in a low voice. You're not going to even get close to either of those doors. Do you understand? I nodded. Now that the shock was starting to wear off, my six-year-old mind began to worry. I was in trouble. Leaving the yard was forbidden. Talking to strangers was forbidden. My mother had told me to scream and bite and run if anyone ever tried to take me. I had done none of those things. Margot turned on the TV, and she and Jim talked in low tones in the kitchen. Bob sat in a chair by the front door and watched me. I don't remember what happened next. It was probably nothing. I recalled Jim and Margot arguing. I know that I learned their names. Jim was whip-thin with receding brown hair and piercing blue eyes. Margot had black hair and a pixie cut and a pinched face. Bob was tall and husky. He had black hair and maybe was Margot's brother. We watched TV and ate microwave dinners from the freezer. They drank two liters of Coca-Cola between the three of them with dinner. I didn't drink soda. My parents had never allowed it. I asked for water and received a cup from the tap. After dinner, they had me help clean up. I remember standing in the kitchen, Margaret opened the refrigerator, and there were two more liters of Coke. I turned, and Jim opened a storage closet that was full of household supplies. On the bottom shelf were cans, cans of paint, bottles of engine oil, and antifreeze. After dinner, I went to the bathroom. I surveyed the room with its tiny window and fluorescent lighting. There was no escape from here, and even if I could get out the window, where would I go? 
I washed my hands, remembering my dad admonishments to wash after using the bathroom. He was a mechanic and was always t warning me of things that hurt me, pinch my hands, or be hot to the touch. That was when I recalled that he told me to stay away from antifreeze. It was sweet to the taste, but even a little bit could poison a person or animal. I remember this was the first time that an idea, a thought, had intrigued me. A piece of information that I couldn't put down. I lay on the couch that night contemplating it. They took turns watching me. An alarm clock went off every few hours and they switched places. Jim and Margot stayed in one bedroom and Bob in the other. In the morning, they turned on the TV and gave me cereal. I think it was Captain Crunch. I didn't get sugary cereals at home, so it was exciting, but it left the roof of my mouth scraped and sore. Later, Jim and Margot left, and Bob sat by the door watching me. The TV played, and I stared out the back window. The dog wasn't visible. The wheat fields and mountains stretched off in the distance. I heard a light snoring. Bob was dozing in the chair. Looking back, it felt like I was an autopilot and not like I was ex executing a plan of any sort. I got up from the couch and went to the kitchen. I got both liters of Coke from the refrigerator and took them into the storage closet. There was a drain in the center of the closet and the linoleum floor had a slight incline so the liquids would flow into it. I poured a portion of the cola into the drain and used a funnel I found hanging by the door, I replaced the cola with antifreeze. I put the caps on the liters of Coke and put the bottles back in the refrigerator. I returned to the couch and TV, Bob still snoring in his chair. The length of a soap opera later, a telephone rang from the depths of Jim and Margot's bedroom. Jim woke with a snort, eyed me sitting on the couch, seemingly transfixed by a shampoo commercial. He went in the bedroom and answered the phone, returning to his chair a few minutes later. It seemed an eternity before Jim and Margaret returned. I don't remember what they talked about. I remember Jim said to me, now we're going to see how much your mom and dad love you. Margot looked mad at him and once said, one more day would have doubled the price. Dinner was fried chicken. It stuck in my mind because it was salty. They drank both liters of Coke. I remember Jim taking a drink, smacking his lips and belching at me. I asked for water again and watched as they ate and drank. After dinner, Margot insisted I bathe. My clothes were put in the wash. When I emerged from the shower wrapped in an oversized bathrobe, Jim and Bob were arguing. Their speech was slurred and their gestures were erratic. Margot sat on the couch with her head in her hands. As the evening wore on, she snapped at them to shut up several times. Once, her eyes bulged and she ran to the bathroom. At some point, I remember putting on my clothes still hot from the dryer. I remember Bob puking in the kitchen sink. They went to bed, forgetting to post a sentry for me in their obvious misery. I settled down on the couch. It wasn't like I could run away in the middle of the night. At least my mother couldn't say that I hadn't put up a fight. In the morning, I woke to the dog barking and whining at the back door. The sun was up and it was already starting to get hot outside. 
There was bread in the refrigerator and a toaster on the counter. I made myself some toast, sparing my mouth the Captain Crunch. After a while, I opened the door to Jim and Margot's room. They lay in bed, unmoving. The phone sat on the nightstand. I crept toward it and picked up the receiver. I dialed my number, and my mom answered. I remember she started crying when I whispered into the receiver, Hi, Mommy. I don't remember how I communicated where I was or how long I waited for my parents to get there. I do remember when they arrived and how they hugged me and cried. I also remember the tone of the officer when he said that he needed to ask me some questions. I didn't understand for a long time what I had done. All I knew is that my parents never looked at me the same way again. Thank you for listening to Storytime for Weirdos. This is a monthly podcast that is posted on the first Saturday of every month. Storytime. Turn all of the lights off over every boy and every girl. Storytime. One more for chance for feeling some joy, laughter, or fear. Story time. You might want to listen, so put this into your ear. There is one where a guy becomes a gnome. There is one where a guy becomes a gnome. There is one where.